Electricast. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Welcome into Missing the Point, everybody. We're uh, here talking about how boned we are about the Celtics, but we're not going to talk about that during the show because it's depressing and makes everybody sad. And I think we'd be better served um, talking about the NFL because it's been a pretty crazy season, Joe. I mean, yeah. of all things, um, you beat me in fantasy football yesterday. Congratulations on your place in the final. Thank you very much. I'm convinced I would have won had my uh, roster not been beaten up, but we don't make excuses around here. We just get results. So congratulations on your win. Um, fuck you. And uh, I'm really yeah. glad. Uh, I, I'm really glad one of us is still in it um, to try to win. Um, then again, if we keep winning our own fantasy football uh, league, they might get suspects. That's <laughs> true, because Craig, Craig won last year. Me and Craig played each other in the final last year, which That's is right. already like, you know, maybe we're doing backdoor deals. Um, but we're not we're not that we're not that smart. <laughs> that was the one you were worried about because I was up by like 30 or something. But then the bills came in a week 17. I was like, and you thought it was over. And I was like, I don't think so. No, Patriots don't have it this year. And then Josh Allen continued to uh, uh, royally fuck the Patriots that game. Yeah. And then Jacoby Myers caught a pointless pass in the fourth quarter. Won me five hundred dollars. Yeah, I can't. I couldn't even start a full team um, against Joe because everybody on my team had COVID, uh, um, which is my fault. I took them all out, and we all uh, when we weren't wearing masks, um, and about half of them weren't even vaccinated. I didn't want to ask, you know, because it's a touchy sure. subject. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, on the subject of COVID, I I heard Omicron's a little pussy variant. I'm not even scared of it. So fucking bring it on. Yeah, yeah. Lick, lick my fucking lick my face. I don't give a shit. I'm done. <laughs> I, I mean, I like I, you guys know I was captain fucking COVID. Fucking oh, yeah. wear your mask. Like, get us out of I'm finished. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm vaccinated. Two, two vaxes and a boost. If you don't want to get vaccinated and you want to die choking on a ventilator, that's your fucking prerogative. I don't give a shit anymore. We're moving on. We're moving on from the whole COVID thing. I want my life back. Dave, Dave's gone in firing here. Today. On that note, it's uh, it fucked up my fantasy football game. <laughs> But, you know, so it still finds ways to butt fuck me from time to time and not in the way that I like. And, uh, yeah, I feel like maybe do you want to do you want to just hit it hard with the power rankings that Bobby just sent over and we can just sort of go from there since. Yeah, I, I think we should. I think that's a good way to to start the discussion, because 
there was just so much this week that happened that it was yeah. just, uh, and, and talk about COVID screwing up your fantasy team. I mean, I've been lucky in three of my, two of my three fantasy leagues, I am in the championship and the other one, I didn't make the playoffs. So that was a pretty intense humble brag right there, Jeff. Yeah. Just a humble brag. At least I'm playing Alex in our league. So at least as a non member of MTP, who's in the championship. Solid team though. I was scared to come up against them. Um, you want to go from 10 to one? Cause it's boring to start with the best one. Yeah, let's do that. But let's talk about both of his number 10s. Let's talk about 10 and 11, because I think they're both pretty interesting. Yeah, it's weird that the card. I mean, again, this has been a weird season, but it's just fucking weird that the Cardinals have dropped all the way to 10 and they were one for a few weeks, like, you know, running straight through. Um, I mean, I get that they're they haven't had a lot of luck with injuries this season. Um, yeah, they lost James Conner this week. Yeah. Um, and they've been a they were even kind of a weird team when they were winning. Um, but they were sort of a great representation of this season as a whole for a while there because they were such a weird team to watch. Um, he he told us we could decide what number ten was either the Colts or the Cardinals. I think it's the Colts personally because I I honestly think they're a little underrated. I know you were talking in the chat today about their issues at quarterback. Um, with uh, what's his knuckles going? Was it COVID? Wentz going down with COVID. Yeah, is it COVID? Yeah, he would get COVID. He fucking would get COVID. He's such an idiot. Um, he, uh, but I mean, he's been playing well and I feel like the Colts are a good team. You know, I feel like they have a sneaky like level of being good at football from time to time. Like they'll beat teams. You don't expect them to beat. Um, they'll play better than you expect them to play, even though you don't really know who the fuck half their players are. Um, but yeah, I, th- I would, if we're up to me, I'd slot them in at 10. Um, I agree above the, above the Cardinals, um, especially since uh, especially since I they beat the Cardinals. <laughs> so like it makes sense. <laughs> you know I mean? A lot of these teams in this league this year are really weird. Like I even I, I look at a team outside the top 10, like the Steelers and, and wonder how they're a 500 team just watching them. And then you watch the Cardinals and you see their blatant flaws and you watch the Colts and you see their blatant flaws. But then, you know, you see them run all over the Patriots like they did. And then you look at the Patriots and you see the way they played in a seven game uh, win streak. And, and then they come out and, and played flat against Indy and Buffalo. And it's just those are two good teams, though. You know, I mean, sure. I, I feel like the, the Patriots are, are definitely super weird. If you want to just skip to them, because I'm sure you're. Well, no, not necessarily. I, I just mean this is an overarching thing in the NFL this year that just seems like yeah, nobody's good, nobody's great, and the Packers are the Packers are probably you know at the top, but we'll get to them shortly. But yeah. they're really the only team that kind of stands out as dangerous because they're they're really good everywhere, and it's yeah. they're tough to beat. But yeah, with number ten, I, I agree with you on the Colts. I think the Cardinals might be a year or two away still. Um, I really like their offense. I like Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Cliff Kingsbury, former New England Patriot. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Colts at 10. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, moving on, number nine, the Titans. They're still hanging around, hanging around after, uh, after the best running back in the NFL goes down. Um, it it, it kind of goes to show, like, if, if he didn't go down, like, what, you know, what were the, what would they have been made of going into the playoffs? I think they would have looked like a really solid outfit. It's almost, it's pretty disappointing that. He got that season-ending injury, but it is another reason you can't rely on a running back because they get hit so much. You know, it's like they get hit every time they touch the ball. They're they're going down at some point. 
And I think it's tough to keep them healthy. It's the reason why they have them retire at 26. You know, like there's fr- the freaks of nature out there, like Adrian Peterson, who plays until he's a million. Um, but it's tough to rely. I mean, you, you don't say no. You don't turn your nose up at a, at a quality running back like that. But I mean, look at the Giants right now with Saquon. You know, like he cannot he cannot put a real season together. Um, and I think relying on that. And like, again, you know, a lot of times like there's... Running backs are like point cards in basketball. There's shitloads of them. You know, there's so many of them. And I just uh, like when when the Steelers didn't want to pay um, uh, Le'Veon Bell, I fully on agreed with that because it's just like, do we really want to like pay a guy a million dollars a day to come and be our running back? When then they get James Conner and he's just like he's just as good. You <laughs> like he has a, he has a great season right after that. And it's like, no, nah. let's not rely. I don't I don't I don't agree with the idea of building your team around a running back. And I think that the Titans sort of fell victim to that trope uh this season um but yeah i mean credit to them for hanging around you know they're not they're not a bad outfit they have uh they have a pretty solid defense a good old line um i I won't say that their quarterback's great but uh you know they've they've won some games they've made some shit happen so he's better than brad johnson and trent dilford like he could win a he could win you a super bowl like with the coaching that he had you know, we always re- we always reference those guys <laughs> as serial winners, and it's like, yeah, they don't maybe, but they don't have the kind of defense like that Ravens team had. You know what I mean? It's like, no, they're definitely you not have there. to have like, something really special on the other side of the ball, um, or you know, or elsewhere, uh, maybe a running back. I don't know. I also thought I was doing a show with Dave, not Mike, because you just mentioned you can't win with with when your point guard or your running back. That was my take originally that Mike stole. So was it, you know uh, what? He's he's he, I I always knew he was a, a um he's a filthy filthy thief. That's what he is. Um, the Bengals are funny. They're 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 number eight. They're funny. Um, Joe Burrow's kind of funny. Remember when I had Zach Taylor as the first head coach out last year? Yeah. Right? And I and and speaking of bad takes, Craig, that we can uh, put into a show later, uh, that was a bad take because this Bengals team is is pretty good. Like if I would have loved to see what happened if Joe Burrow stayed healthy last year, mm-hmm. but now that he has Jamar Chase this year, I mean the guy just threw for five twenty five and four touchdowns this week, and I I mean I I don't know if that's a sign of things to come, but. He fucking scorched the Ravens, dude. He was running that yeah. score up too. <laughs> yeah, and you, don't, and you don't see those games happen all the time from just schlubs off the street, right? Like, you yeah, know, he's good. He just, yeah, he, he's a good quarterback, and he's got a good team around him. And Zach Taylor is is a better coach than I had given him credit for. They're they're a funny team, though. You know, I mean, they can they they could very easily go out, and I think they can still win the North. So. We'll uh, it's still up for grabs, yeah, because they were both eight yeah. and six coming into coming into that game, right? Um, so you know the Steelers are out. The Steelers are seven seven and one now. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's better than I thought that they were. I, that's so that's what I'm saying. <laughs> they're they're just so bad. Uh, watching Roethlisberger play quarterback, it's it's painful because he can't move, and and everybody on this team is more con- concerned about celebrating. Uh, so Dude, that was I mean, listen, I, you know, with a team, we talked about this with the, just to do a little Steelers aside briefly, like we talked about this um, in the chat. Uh, you know, I don't necessarily think it was uh, Chase Claypool's fault that they lost because like, A, don't get yourself in that situation in the first sure. place by getting sparked in the fucking first half. And B, you know, he didn't slow it down that much and they already weren't managing the clock super well. And like they had still had a chance to make a play at the end of the game to win. But 
whew, I mean, I'm not even a Steelers fan and that boiled my blood. Like I was like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And then they did it again this week. There was, I saw a highlight. I refused to watch. Um, yeah, I re- refuse to watch Steelers games anymore because it's fucking painful. How does that work when, when your significant other is a Steelers fan? I was super supportive of them, as you know. Um, yes. And then they cheated to beat the Bears this season. And <laughs> now we're in a fight pretty much all the time about it. So um, if I have like one too many beers, I'll start just being like, what's it like to support a team that just fucking cheats to win? Well, well, you know what? I'm glad you have her in the house so you don't take that out on me, Mike Ray and Craig. <laughs> um, but nah, but then the fucking that's, that cornerback uh, was doing it when they were getting yeah. fucking lit up. They were down like 25 to nothing or whatever it was. And he makes one he makes one bust up play in the corner of the end zone and he's like taunting like at the and it's like, dude, you gotta, that guy's gotta get control of his locker room, man. They've always been leaky. They've always been like little fucking piss ants all over the fucking field. It's just like you got to start drafting for character, you know, and, and build yourself a, a solid foundation and don't like, I don't know, sweep sexual assault allegations under the rug so much. And like maybe we can have a culture there because like, yeah, a lot of talent, like we talk about shitload of talent. A lot of guys I really like watching too, you know, like I really like Claypool. Um, I really like uh, Johnson. I really like uh, like basically, and they're also always exciting because they're like, "Who did they draft this year? He's going to be good." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like at, the, at a skill position. But like, I'm sick of watching Ben Roethlisberger's corpse get like dragged out onto the field every week, and uh, they need to blow that up. You know, they need to they need to go make some moves, and they need to like. I think they need a new coach because <laughs> I just I, I I see this so much on on forums online and on Facebook and other social media platforms where people say oh the lions are so bad why don't you know why doesn't the nfl make them sell the team and and or and or move them and my response is always as long as the ford family is any part owner of the detroit lions they will not detroit will not lose the team they won't change the name they won't sell the team they won't move them because what who's one of the biggest sponsors in the nfl it's ford so does that mean that the u.s government technically owns the uh the the detroit lions because they had to get bailed out (laughs) or was <laughs> wait wait did Ford take a bailout I can't remember but anyway uh, actually I think they were one of the companies that didn't I could be wrong but back to the Steelers then the point with that that little rant was that the Steelers will basically run a coach into the ground until they retire or die that, yeah. that's just the way the Steelers are they they don't like to change head coaches so they're not going to but but there's such a problem. When did when did Tomlin come in? Oh six was oh six his first yeah, year. Yeah, because um, what's his name? Um, Cower won and then retired, right? Right. So he came. So so Tomlin's first year was 2007. So that's I mean that's a pretty good run. I mean he did well, but you're right. They're leaky. They they don't they draft well, but they don't draft for character. And you get these guys that, um, you know, do these things. And you're you're right about Claypool. But my, I think my bigger issue with Claypool was when the offensive lineman basically pulled him off the ground and was like, get back to the line. And then they spiked the ball and he goes off on the right guard. Like, what do you, what do you do that? You're on the field. Don't, don't throw a tantrum on the field. You're on national television. You're on national television. Fucking Brussels sprout. Yeah. You're driving downfield. You're, you're attempting to win a game in the NFL and you're going off on your right guard for pulling you off the ground when you were celebrating a first down catch with the clock running with 26 seconds. Yeah, because he had a little fucking clock awareness. 
Yeah. Well, you know what? That's another big thing in the NFL is that a lot of coaches don't know how to manage the clock. And Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin is terrible, but so was Bill Cower. Bill Cower was awful. You can always count on a few coaches not to know how to manage the clock. Sean McDermott is actually one of them as well. But McDermott, Reed, Tomlin, um, uh, Arians is fine, but I think that's more Tom Brady right now. Uh, he kind of used to stink too. So, I mean, I, I, I think that's a... In, uh, Arians doesn't coach that team. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right, Jude. You see today that the... Or, or when we're the Queen Elizabeth us, of the NFL. <laughs> yeah, right. When we're recording this on December 28th at the Jacksonville Jaguars, not only want to talk to Kellen Moore of the Dallas Cowboys, but they also want to talk to Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich of the Buccaneers. So that's going to be interesting. Byron Leftwich used to play in um, Jacksonville, right? Uh, yes, he did. So that might make sense. Yeah, that would actually be an interesting hire. I don't know if he's ready to be a head coach, but everybody that's around him says that he's brilliant. So uh, I, I like Iron Lockwich. I'll tell you what, the um, back to the power rankings, The uh, yeah. it's funny how insignificant the Bengals are as a franchise because when you get to the Bengals and the power rankings, it becomes a 10-minute conversation about the Steelers. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah we're, we're talking about the teams that they play, not about them. Yeah, I mean, they're not bad. I mean, I, I do kind of think Joe Burrow's good, and I kind of like his attitude. It's like... um. It's like what the Browns thought they were getting with Brady Quinn. Um, but I think he's, I think he's legitimate. Or Brady Quinn. <laughs> Throwback. Throwback. Way to, way to go Remember back that guy? to Notre um, Dame quarterbacks from 15 yeah, years yeah. ago. But he was also a first-round pick by the Browns. So, you know, it makes sense. Um, he obviously also lives rent-free in my mind. Uh, no, what's his name? Fucking Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Um, it's what they thought they were getting with Baker Mayfield. So I think, you know, that makes me happy because I like to see the Browns do badly. Um, all right. Well, here we are. Moment of truth. Number seven with a bullet. The New England Patriots. Joe, what the fuck is happening over there? I mean, is it is it because maybe it's difficult to not ever throw the ball and win games? <laughs> well, yeah, you know what? It's so interesting you say that because this week against uh, Buffalo at home uh, was a probably the worst accuracy game Mac Jones has had in his very short career. He, he did not look good. Um, Buffalo was all over him. Uh, the problem was, is that they played Buffalo in Buffalo and won the way they did before they played them at home. Because uh, Sean McDermott has a hair across his ass when it comes to Bill Belichick. And uh, they used every single thing from that week that leading up to the game in Buffalo all the way up until now as bulletin board material to go out and smoke the Patriots. And it was almost like, I mean, you couldn't have scripted it any better. It's, it, it, it was almost written in stone that it was going to happen that way. The yeah. Patriots came out flat. Yeah, right off the bat, you knew. you knew. I mean, I, honestly, I'm surprised the score was as close as it was. Because if you actually watch that game, it was, uh, the Patriots were plugging away. You know, they were trying, to, they were trying to, to stay in the game the whole time. But yeah, no, it was a foregone conclusion pretty much from the start. And Josh Allen torched him without his second and third receivers. And Cole Beasley was out. Isaiah McKenzie is a, a kick returner. He, he's he's like, I mean, he's Gunnar Olszewski for those of you Patriots fans, but he's almost better. I like he's a good receiver, and he beat Miles Bryant on drag routes and in routes all day. He Miles Bryant just couldn't keep up with him. If you saw number nineteen catch the ball forty one in blue, oh, uh, wasn't wasn't far behind him, and that was. That was disappointing. I mean, they the, the one nice thing the Patriots did was they, they did start to fight back again in the second half. But the problem is, is that they, they don't play well when they're playing from behind. 
They stopped the run up the middle. Singletary and even Allen couldn't get anything going up the middle, so they had to go to the outside. Patriots had to do the same thing. That Buffalo defense, though, man, that they are really good. They are really good. And because they because Bobby has him at six, I think Bobby has the Bills too low in the power rankings. Is that just because they beat your team, though? <laughs> no, no, I, no, because I, I said. No, they're amazing. The, they beat the yeah, Patriots. Right. Well, I said in the, pre, in the preseason show that I think Buffalo's a wagon. And I think that they hit their, their, um, their low point a few weeks ago. And I think they had a tough time against New England uh, at home and against uh, Tampa on the road. And then, you know, I think they're hitting their stride right now. And I, I, think, that's, I think that's dangerous for the rest of the league. How come how come Nikhil Harry touched the ball so much? He sucks. Give it to the other guy, Aguilar. He's better. Well, Aguilar didn't play because he was out with COVID. Craig, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, he was out the entire week. He didn't practice, didn't do nothing. Yeah. Well, he played in the game. No, no he, he was he was out. Kendrick Bourne played mm-hmm. in the game, who had also sense, been out. Because I would not hand the ball to Nikhil Harry ever again. Nikhil <laughs> <laughs> Harry, Nikhil, the the way they need to so here here's the, the problem. Bill, Bill Belichick loves him because he was a first round pick. So he's never going to get rid of him. So what he tried to do is he tried to use Nikhil Harry the same way he uses Nelson Aguilar. Nikhil Harry isn't Nelson Aguilar and Nelson Aguilar isn't even all that great either. But yeah, I guess. I mean, but, but he threw the problem was is three times two uh, on two different occasions. They threw to Harry and then went back to him again to try and re- let him redeem himself. And the first time it was a pick and Mac Jones was pissed. Because you knew he didn't want to go there, but it was his only read. Yeah, but don't they look so much better when they're like, like Hunter Henry barely saw any of the ball too. Like he was going to him, but I like, I, you know, I get it. I get that his options were limited, but don't they look so much better when they do those kind of like jumbo tight end sets? Oh, they yeah, try, absolutely. You know, they try to establish a little bit better. They try to just get like short yardage over the middle of their tight ends. Like that's what the Patriots always look like to me when they're, when they're successful. I get that they have no fucking backfield right now too. Like I, I understand that. And it's like tough to run the ball in that scheme as much as they want to. But I mean, I don't know, man, like that Nikhil Harry guy is not good at football. So I'm just like curious as to why he gets so many looks, you know, he gets so many looks. Did you see the article in the USA Today with uh, Troy Brown? No, I didn't. I didn't wake up at a fucking Holiday Inn Express today. So my USA Today wasn't waiting for me. (laughs) I understand the Internet exists. Sorry, I'm just fucking with you. I know. What does it say? What did it say? Uh, Troy Brown was interviewed by the USA Today and said, just now that Nikhil Harry is finally working to get his fundamentals where they need to be. I'm glad that's happening in like, I don't know, year three instead of year, year one three. or anything. Or year fucking Pop Warner. What do well, you mean get your fundamentals where they need to be? He's got a big <laughs> head. And he, you know, so to, to your two tight end jumbo side comment, that, that is exactly what Josh McDaniels wants to do. What did he do when he first came into yeah, the NFL? John well, Smith he, didn't see the ball at all, did he? No, John Smith didn't see the ball. Hunter Henry barely saw the ball. And I mean, that was his bread and butter when he first came to the Patriots as the OC way back when it was, it was Gronk and it was uh, Hernandez. So that's what they wanted to do with Henry and, and Smith. And they just, they cannot do that. But how do you, how do you heal the Nikhil Harry issue? Keep putting him out there and run in running formations, but have him put on 15 pounds and line him up as a tight end. Stop putting him a wide receiver. Stop making mm-hmm. him think he's going to catch. I think the ball. it might be a brain issue, not a skills issue. Oh, it definitely is. He comes running out of that tunnel every Sunday like he's you know king shit, and and he can't catch. Because I don't, ball. I don't really don't mind Aguilar. I think he's a good player. No, I think Aguilar. And in that role player, too, I think, I think it's just a little. Yeah. Well, 
that's fixable though. You know, you can just like you can work on your hands. I feel like, and I think well, he you fixed can it do- when he went to when he went to the Raiders. After he left, when he was with the Eagles, he couldn't catch the football. He went to the yeah. Raiders. He learned how to catch the football. Now he's coming here and he's he's doing pretty well. He doesn't have a lot of drops this year. But three like three years ago, he led the NFL in drops with the Eagles. It was bad. And it was, yeah. it was really bad. And he he redeemed himself when he went to to. It's also it's it's tough too because I feel like there's a version of the Patriots that play that exact game, but don't get absolutely shellacked on by the Bills offense. Like your game plan was sort of stayed consistent, you know, like it's just that the defense didn't really make the plays that they usually make. And like, they didn't stifle. Cause like, if you look at the box score, it's like, I don't know if you guys scored in the first quarter, but I think it was like, then it's like touchdown, touchdown, touch. It's like that constant, like trudging up the hill, trying to like stay close in the game. And I think that there's, you know, like that's still the same game plan that you guys have been winning, that you guys once was at six games in a row or seven games in a row with. And it's like, that's, you know, I think that you can still go into the locker room and be like, all right, well, look, here's what we did well, you know, and and here's what we did well in other games. And we can still implement this if we just improve in these areas and we get our, we get our guys healthy, you know, like I know McCordy played, he didn't play very well. I think, you know, it's like, that's the thing. It's like when your best defensive player isn't making the plays he usually makes when uh, you're coming up against uh, an offense with a lot of weapons, you know, I mean, I know that they were missing a couple guys at wide receiver, but they still had Stefan fucking Diggs, you know, and Josh Allen. Phenomenal. Yeah. And he played great. And he was just a problem the whole day. I know he only had one touchdown, but. He was just a problem the whole day. And like he, you're looking at a Josh Allen that can, was looking, he was basically able to do whatever he wanted for the whole game. Mm-hmm. So it's like, he looked like an NFL MVP on Sunday. Yeah. And I also think that the Patriots have a, have a sort of a, you know, they've always had that sort of bend, don't break defense. But I think part of that is like, you got to stifle, you got to stifle teams early. You got to frustrate them early. You got to like confuse the looks early. And I just think like, that ship sailed really quickly, and I think then the game got away from them. And they they did try to claw back, like they had a fight. They you know, I I I I think that there's there's a lot there's a lot of doom and gloom when the Patriots lose in our chat. And I just think it's like I don't know. You're still going to the playoffs, you know? Like I I wouldn't worry about it too much. Hey, most likely. I mean, there there is a way that they that they miss or become the seventh seed. I mean, my Miami looks. Miami played a really banged up Saints team on Monday Night Football this week, but that Miami team looks good like all right the Patriots should go out and beat the Jaguars in week 17 but in week 18 they got they got their work cut out for them in South Florida I mean that it if if the Patriots if the if the Dolphins win out including winning beating the Patriots and the Bills win out the well, Patriots win out because the Bills have to play the Falcons and the Jets so the Bills well, will right. win their next year but but the Bills the Bills will win the East and the the Dolphins would would finish second and the Patriots would be in third looking up and maybe still get into the playoffs at 10 and 7 be a wild um, card at that point yeah, yeah the, well they're the number 6 seed right now going into week mm. 17 Fucking weird weird like to 10 and 6 like, I mean, that's still, that's pretty, you know, 10 and six, or I guess it would be nine and six right nine now. Nine and it's nine and six right now. So you're saying they could potentially, they could be 11 and six. They could be, they could be 11 and six. If they go 11 and six, they're going to finish second in the East and they'll, they'll be, I would, they, they can still win. They can still win, but Atlanta, Atlanta or the Jets has to beat Buffalo, which probably, and, but then, it's, then it's the New England Patriots in the playoffs and you never yeah, know. Sure. 
you, yeah. you're just going to get to the dance, right? So, but yeah. the Dolphins, the Dolphins can still win the East and they can still finish second above the Patriots. And and there's there's a path that that could happen. So the Patriots can finish eleven and six, ten and seven, nine and eight. But I don't think Jacksonville. Jacksonville's just a mess. I mean, they they, they just lost James Robinson this week to a torn. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a mess. Period. Though they're, they don't right. know anybody. They're terrible. Um, on that note, you know, just I was just started looking up to go on to the next thing, and I I actually do agree with you. I think the Bills are better than the Rams. I think they're better than. The I don't Bucks, think the Rams too. are that good. I and I also I think that they're like devastated by injuries right now, and I think they're going to have a tough time closing out um this their season. I know that they're like RB one is down. I know because he's on my fucking fantasy team. Um, Henderson Jr. Mm-hmm. He got COVID. I don't know what like I don't know what the rules are now. I don't know when you get to come back because the CDC oh, just like, five days is fine. Anyway. I don't. Yeah. I have no idea. So like we're just making it up as we go along. So like maybe he plays next week. I don't know. But the Rams, again, like, you know, and I've been saying this all year, it's like Matt Stafford's their QB, and you can just, now now the teams that play them a lot, they used to be the NFC North and the NFC in general, but now it's, teams have figured out that you just got to ruffle his feathers a little bit, just like we did, and you can, you know, kind of stifle them, and you can beat that team. I think that they're talented all over the field, but they're kind of, they're weirdly similar to the Bills. Like, they have a kind of a weirdly similar setup, like, um, sure. in, in the skill positions. But I mean, I don't trust either of them to win a championship. To be quite honest with you, but if I if I gone in my head, I had to pick one, I would probably put the Bills over the Rams. I think their their head coaches, the Bills and Rams. I think their head coaches are a little. Uh, I don't want to say weak, but I want to say uh, weak minded. I think we, mm-hmm. like like you just said, if you can ruffle their feathers, because you're right, their makeups have you know Tyler Higby equals Dawson Knox. That's that's a pretty good comp. Um, Cooper Cup equals Stephon Diggs. That's a pretty good comp. Mm-hmm. You know. The running backs are similar, right? Like neither team really has a running game, but they can but they can run. Their quarterbacks can move when needed. Josh Allen is a much better runner than than Matt Stafford. You know, Mike Mike kind of goes back and forth because it's so funny. A few weeks ago, Mike was like, "Oh, Matt Stafford," you know, basically for lack of a better term, and I'm I'm slightly putting words in his mouth because he wasn't as harsh, but basically he was saying Matt Stafford was overrated, even though in the off season he wanted Matt Stafford into England. He is fucking overrated though, but, but but he is, and and. I think with the team that they have there, I think they're volatile. I think they could explode at any moment. There's a lot of big personalities in a in a small space. Um, and I agree with you that the Bills and the Rams, like the, I think in Bobby's top five, there's only three teams that could win the Super Bowl. Uh, and then there's the Rams, the Bills, and the Cowboys. And I I, I think the Rams and Bills are just, you know, like you just said, they they have the talent, they have the ability to get there, but unless they play each other, neither one of them is going to win a Super Bowl this year. I don't know, man. The Cowboys, like, I like the Cowboys. I think that they look so, really good. So, do you want to talk about the Bucks before we talk, or the Cowboys before we talk about the Bucks? Well, I mean, the Bucks are the Bucks, right? It's like, okay, it's Tom Brady. Like, chances are, you know, he can win you a fucking Super Bowl. Like, he still looks at the same level he always he's always looked. I think that. That you know, there was a little bit more mystery to that team last season, so they probably won a few more regular season games. But it's Tom Brady in the playoffs. Like, what do you what do you think is going to happen? He's probably he's going to give every they're going to give everybody they play a game, like a hell of a game. Um, they match up poorly against the Packers. You know, I I no. think that I th- I think the Packers. I'm hoping to Christ that they're not as good as everyone's saying. Um, I think they are. I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, let's get there. Onto the Bucks. All right, all right. So the Bucks, yeah, the Bucks, are, <laughs> the Bucks are still the Bucks are still pretty much the same team, right? That they were that they were last year. Um, I think that except they've, Fournette's out right now. 
And that, sure. that could be a big problem. Sure. But I, I just think that, I think that the, the way that they're currently constituted, they could, nobody would be surprised if Tom Brady made another playoff run and won another fucking Super Bowl. Like, sure. Nobody we, would be surprised. We, know that, we know that Tom Brady is comfortable throwing to any receiver on that sideline, including right. a Scotty Miller, which again, saw it last year. And I, I've said it and I'll say it again. When he threw that pass with eight seconds left in the second and the first half against, I believe it was the Packers in the playoffs at, at halftime to Scotty Miller. I was like, done. It's over. Bucks win the Super Bowl because if Tom Brady's playing like that, that lights out and he's working with what he's got, he'll be fine. Ronald Jones just need to hold on. So it's, it's also just like, a, it's a, you know, it's a sort of a veteran mentality thing too. Sure. Right? It's like Tom Brady's going to take you into the playoffs and he's going to tell everybody on the team exactly the way they need to be thinking of exactly the things they need to be doing. Everybody needs to be in bed by nine o'clock. If you're on a fucking Tom Brady team, you know, you need to get a full night's sure. sleep. No one's dicking around. You're not going to get any kind of crazy um, uh, curveballs thrown at you from that perspective. And I just think, yeah, I mean, he could just, it's boring to say, but he could just win another one. <laughs> it would just be like, cool, I guess Tom Brady's still the greatest of all time. I saw a crazy stat today that was like, it was, I forget exactly what it was, but it was like he, he led the NFL in touchdowns the one year that they didn't win the, that he didn't win his division but he still led the NFL in touchdowns. And the other year they didn't win the division was he towards ACL that year. And, but that was even weird because you guys still went like 11 and five 11 or whatever. Five, but missed the playoffs. Um, something's at my front door. <laughs> I have a ring doorbell now. It's very fancy. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, but he's still like, he still won his division. It's like Tom Brady wins the division every single fucking time. And I, yeah, I don't know. He's just, he's, he's likely just going to come in and do Tom Brady shit. You know, what you just said about Tom Brady is the problem that the Patriots have right now is that Tom Brady's in Tampa saying, hey, this is the way we're going to do it. This is the way it's going to happen. And that leadership, that personality and that identity is no longer in the New England locker room. Which yeah, has no, been... not having Tom Brady is a huge fucking problem for any. Yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> but not having a personality is is the bigger is the is the bigger problem. Well, I mean, you can't you know, it's it's like I mean, to go back to the Patriots, then in that case, it's like it, I remember, and I know I always do this, but I remember when Liverpool's version of Tom Brady, Steven Gerrard, left um, the team. And it's like he was the captain and he handed off the captaincy to, to the, the new guy, Jordan Henderson. And what you kind of come up against is a lot of the fan base wants more of what they already had because of the success that uh, that big personality brought. But Mac Jones isn't Tom Brady. He's never going to be Tom Brady. So right. you got to let him grow into who he is as a person. And I just do not think that the Patriots fan base is doing that right now. Um, everyone's just mad that he's not Tom Brady. From within as well. I, I think the problem sure. is some of, sure. some of it's I mean, coming from within. The veterans want want a direction. They want an identity. They rookie, want to know who they are. Rookie QBs are team. tough, dude. Rookie QBs yeah. are tough because there's it's the leadership position in the team. So you know it's it's tough to ask. It's the, it's big shoes to fill. Is all I'm saying. So yeah, the him not being Tom Brady is definitely a problem. But like you were saying, he's in Tampa doing that same shit right now. It would almost it would be so much nicer for Mac Jones if Tom Brady just retired. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the fact that he's like still out there doing Tom Brady shit is it was going to be hard for no matter who sure. came in. I mean, it was for Cam Newton last year, right? Everybody was like, oh, but but everybody yeah, knew who Cam sucks, Newton was. Like, <laughs> you the, the thing was is if you if you watch the Patriots at all and you watch the NFL, you knew who Cam Newton was. But not everybody is. I if we have anybody in Tuscaloosa listening, just hold on to your hats with this one. Not everyone watches Alabama football. Not everyone watches college football. I know, Craig. So 
they don't always know who you're getting out of college. So they just see what you see on the scouting report. What, and those are always spun to be positive, positive, right? So the fan base is like the guy that gets picked, whatever. So you're right. He's never going to be Tom Brady. And, and that's unfortunate for him uh, and, and for the fan base because he is going to be Mac Jones. And, and I like a lot of his makeup. Uh, and I lock, I like a lot of what and who he is. He's just in a crapshoot position right now. And as a fan base, the Patriots fan base is tough on him. And it's, I can think of a lot of rookie QBs that would have folded before now. Sure. Absolutely. Um, in the situation that he's in, it's all insane. Um, but yeah, the Bucks could probably win the Super Bowl. I mean, the most boring take of the day, but yeah, they probably could. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I, w- I hope it doesn't happen. I'm sick of seeing that guy win fucking Super Bowls. Um, Same. No one's, no one, ever, no, already nobody is ever going to, no quarterback is ever going to win um, as seven Super Bowls. It's just not no. going to happen. So, you could just fuck off, Tom. Like, that'd be great for all of us. That'd be really great. Um, watch, watch him come back and coach and win like four more. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's a different conversation for a different day. But um, yeah. So as we were gonna as we were gonna move on to the Cowboys, I fucking like them, dude. They remind me so much of the 06 Bears. They that defense is fun to watch. I've been saying it. I know it's fun to make fun of the Cowboys. I think because when we were all kids, like little kids, the Cowboys are really good. And yep. I think that whole America's team thing pissed us all off a little bit. And I think that a lot of their players, when we were growing up especially, were like really annoying. Um, you know, like the Troy Aikmans of the world were like just very annoying uh, players to watch. Also, they're in Texas, which is like, ugh. Um, so it's like all this stuff that like kind of adds up and they're blue and I'm more of a red team guy. <laughs> but all these little things add up and you're just like, I fucking hate the Cowboys. Like it's just by default. And, and you know, obviously Jerry Jones being like, a megalomaniacal fucking despot, like who's clearly like saying racist shit behind closed doors, even though I can't prove that. Um, but like, yeah, he's obviously awful. So all these things add up to hating the Cowboys, but that defense is so fun to watch. <laughs> there really is. Like they really do like play, they play lights out every week and like all it is. And I've, I've been through this before. So I have a lot of sympathy for our good friend, um, Bobby, when, when he comes in to the chat, talking about the Cowboys, the offense has to step their game up and they need to to um they don't even need to win the game like the offense is in a position where they don't even need to win the games for their team they just need to not fucking fuck it up and not lose and like i think that's so dangerous in a year where nobody really has like the same identity that they had last year in a year where everybody's like a little more rickety than they were last year in a in a year where if they overcome the best team in their uh, conference, they likely will pay will play a less good team in the Super Bowl. I can see it. I can see the path. I can see like I don't want to fuck it like get Bobby's hopes up here. <laughs> he listens to this, but it's I there. can see it. They're good. They're good. I know the Washington football team are not good. I know that, but it doesn't matter if you're a good team or a bad team. If you get blown out as badly twice as badly as they did by the Cowboys, like that's the Cowboys are doing something right. And I and they're fu- they're the funnest team to watch this year. They're they're he's far and away the funnest team to watch this year. And uh, the Patriots are the least fun team to watch this year. Yeah. For, me, for me, the well, Bears are the for least you, fun team for to you. Watch. I mean, well, that's because the Cowboys are kind of that. They 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 mimic a lot of the teams we saw in the early two thousands, where they have the high flying offense that can they can either chip away 
or they can beach they they can take the lid off right and then they have that defense that is just absolutely relentless um i i will say that trayvon Diggs is not the defensive player of the year he's actually not having a very good year for a guy that has 11 interceptions but besides the point he micah parsons is without a doubt the best defensive pick in the draft without a doubt the guy's an animal he's he is he will go down if he can stay healthy he will in his after you know a great career will go down as one of the best linebackers to ever play the game if he can if he can continue with what he's doing and he's got his head on straight and he understands what he's doing and this is such a mike mccarthy team right like this is what the packers were in in the early aaron Rodgers days um after mike sherman left to go coach football he retired and then went to coach football at nasset high school in in orleans massachusetts uh or east ham one of the two anyway on the cape it's all the same um but such a mike mccarthy team to to put this kind of a defense together uh and then have kind of a high-flying offense to to back it up and he won a super bowl that way in green bay did he win two does rogers have one or two he's one don't don't be giving aaron Rodgers more super bowls you're right i'm sorry i'm sorry (laughs) um his ex-girlfriend just had a baby uh but besides the point uh, with John Mulaney, also besides point. Hilarious. Oh, he was dating Olivia Munn. Yeah, and then they broke up while she was pregnant, and she had the baby like uh, on December 27th or something. What are you, like, read People Magazine? What is, how do you know I this? follow her on Instagram because she's hot. Because she's a thirst anyway. trap. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That ain't no that. Listen, that makes sense. I know the biographies of plenty of hot girls I don't care about. Um, so anyway. So but yeah, so, I mean, listen, Micah Parsons, uh, Micah Parsons has been has been the most fun defensive player for me to watch this year. I think the way he goes sideline to the sideline reminds me of Erlacher. I, I just love it. I really think he's really good. He pressures the quarterback crazy good. Like he gets to that fucking QB. I can't wait to watch him for the next 10 years. He's going to be unbelievable. I think he should get defensive rookie of the year, of course. Um, yeah. I mean, rookie of the year, well, maybe uh, defensive player of the year. It's a lock for me. I mean, you can make an argument for Miles Garrett. You can make an argument for TJ Watt. You can make an argument for those guys every year. But I just think the mere fact of uh, of Parsons being as as fun as he's been and exploding onto the scene in the way that he has, um, and like you said, he how clearly good he's going to be for the foreseeable future. You might as well just like do yourself a favor as like as a, as an organization in the NFL and like give him um, Defensive Player of the Year because. Fuck it. You know, he's like it's he deserves it. He deserves it. Right. A one, first of all. But also when you look back, it's just going to be cooler to be like, shit, he got defensive player of the year as rookie year. That's super cool. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's he's been super fun to watch. And I like it. You know, I'm very happy for Bobby that he has him because he looks more like a bear. <laughs> to be honest <laughs> with you. And I'm mad. Well, that I was going to say that when you said the Erlacher thing, right? Because <clears throat> he is kind of a quintessential bear style linebacker. I mean, Erlacher, Mac, Parsons, like all three of those guys are pretty much cut from the same mold. I mean, Erlacher was a little bit bigger than everybody of the other two guys. Yeah, and Erlacher was kind of more of a cover two guy as well. Like, I, you know, he didn't pressure well, the QB all that much. That too. He can. That's the crazy thing. And both of them were really good at, um, because of the sideline, it's like, I mean, I just remember Ryan Erlacher being able to strafe like incredibly, incredibly quickly to the point where he was always, if he didn't make the tackle, he was always at the scene of the crime, you know? And I think... It reminds me a little bit of that. I think he's probably more athletic than Erlacher, but he, um, you, you can't edge rush. You, you can't run around the edges as an offense coming up against this Cowboys team because of him. Right. Because he can hit 
he can if, even if he doesn't uh, see which direction the play is going, he can get to the edge so fast that there's no, you, there's nowhere for you to go. You know, so and he, and he completes his tackles. He, you know, this is one of the biggest things I I always say about a defense. Like, great, you know, okay, you can you can you get a, a pick or two, cool. You score some points, cool. The most important thing for me as a defense is to complete your tackles. Don't fucking lose tackles. The Bears went from being one of the best tackling teams as far as like not failing to to bring a guy down on the first tackle to recently since the, in the Matt Nagy era uh being one of the worst two or three so and it's so frustrating to watch as a player because I've, I've the Patriots have always been really good at this they, they always complete their first tackle you know it's like the way, if you get to the guy you got to bring him down you you have a guy like Michael Parsons on your team he's always going to make the play he's always going to make the tackle you cannot like that's so rare in a defensive player because he's so fast. A lot of times guys that fast, they overrun their tackles. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But he's like, he, his stop and slow down and speed up speed is so crazy. And his awareness for a rookie is so crazy that like, ah, yeah, it's going to be awesome to watch him. I, I, the only thing I can really hope is that like the Cowboys somehow go into insolvency and somebody else gets him. But otherwise, he's going to basically be a defensive stalwart in Dallas for the next 10 years. Which is what they wanted uh, Leighton Vander Esch to be. And he just, yeah, they're not on the same. No, like Sean Lee, they wanted him to be that. Leighton Vanderesh, they wanted him to be that. And they finally hit on Micah Parsons. And, you know, it's funny because last year we were like, oh, Mike McCarthy can't do this. He can't coach this team. And now this year, everybody's healthy. Everybody's buying in. And I know, you know, I I hear what you're saying about Trayvon Diggs too, but like there was a few weeks there where he was making the case for being the best defensive player in the NFL. Yeah, no, I just, his picks were crazy. He slowed down a little bit because I think that's just because nobody nobody wants to throw over there anymore because he's so good. So it's tough for defensive backs. That's all I'm saying. That's true. Stephon Gilmore did it, but that's besides the point. So on to the Chiefs. <laughs> um, yeah, they're they got their mojo back. Yeah, um, they did. I, I would I would be worried about them if I was anybody in the AFC. Without Travis Kelsey, they got their mojo back because Kelsey was out due to COVID this week and he couldn't clear uh, protocols on Sunday morning, so they played without him. And they won anyway, and they look good. And uh, I, I think Byron Pringle, number thirteen, a wide receiver. I think he's un underrated, uh, an underrated NFL player. I think he's really good at his position. I think he plays his role well. Um, and, well, they're just protecting fucking Holmes a little bit better now too. You know, like well, he they, was, they definitely he was, run, he was running for his life for a few weeks there, and like I think that that you know there was, yeah, he can still make plays obviously because he's still Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think a little, a few scheme adjusts. I mean, Andy Reid's a good coach. I, I know everybody like jokes about how much he comes up short, but if it, there was only there's a handful of guys in the NFL where you can you can be pretty sure that when you have a team as talented as them and they're obviously in a Super Bowl hangover, um, he can probably get them sorted out. And I think the problems were kind of there for all to see, um, offensive line wise, uh, you know, playmaking wise. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to get to the level that they were at at, at this point last season because um, they were playing out of their fucking minds offensively. But yeah, I think they just got it sorted out. I think they have their mojo back. They're definitely the favorites in the AFC right now. And uh, I, it, it'll be really boring to see a Packers Chiefs Super Bowl. But I mean, it's probably the most likely outcome at this point, unless I'm forgetting somebody. Um, well, as far as the Chiefs, I mean, I, I think another thing when you said they're protecting Mahomes, but they blew up that entire offensive line. They yeah. went out and basically signed like four new offensive line. I think either sixty or eighty percent. I mean, the only, the only way to go was up. The only way to go yeah. was up at that point. And, and, and <laughs> like... But 
so when you talk about the Packers and Chiefs being the Super Bowl, I, I, you could make a case for the Cowboys getting there. I just don't think they. I will. did. I, I did just, make a case. It just happened. I, I know. <laughs> I know you did, but I just don't think. I don't think that they're mentally strong enough to finish. To finish, I, I think Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers, Bruce Arians, and Tom Brady are those are two more mentally tough combinations than McCarthy and Prescott. That that you know what I mean. Like I know it takes more than a coach and a quarterback to do it, right? But, but it mostly case, takes I, a coach and a quarterback to do but it. it. Mostly takes a coach. And a quarterback. <laughs> I I think based on what we said about the Bucks, I think that you know going back to again something else that Mike has said is that Aaron Rodgers can't get over that hump often either. He did it once, but he can't get over the hump. So I think, I think, Mike's, I think Mike's take. I think Mike's take is still very much in play, which is absolutely Without Aaron Rodgers chokes in the playoffs. Not chokes, but like he just can't get it done in the playoffs. I think that's very much in play. I also think. If we're going to talk about the Packers, I just think there's two ways to look at it, right? There's there's the positive way to where you say, well, they always make the play to win the game. They make the play and they're winning the games. Or you say, why are they beating the Browns by two points if they're the best team in the NFL? You know what I mean? And I, and I think that I think that the jury's still out because you have all these intangibles, especially with with Rodgers' track record in the playoffs. Because you know this isn't 2003 anymore. Uh, if it was 2003, what we'd be saying is. I mean, this guy's been to a Super Bowl before. He knows how to win one. But that's not the standard anymore, is it? If you're as good as everybody says Aaron Rodgers is, now that Tom Brady's won a fucking bajillion Super Bowls, he's changed the standard. The standard now is you only won one. And I think that's fair enough, to be honest with you, because a guy showed, a guy went out there and showed what greatness is. He set the bar different. The bar is just different now. Right. Even Peyton Manning won more than one. I understand he was just kind of on the bus for the last one, but he did it. You know, and I and I think and everybody was sort of saying like that sort of sealed greatness for him uh, when he did that because he needed those two rings as opposed to just one. Aaron Rodgers, I need need him to retire with only one Super Bowl like need like I might happy Gilmore him if he's about to throw the winning touchdown, just run him over with my car while he's on the field. Because love to see it. I mean, listen, it's I, I don't move as quick as I used to be, but um, but, you know, if, 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 if all the heart is there, I need him to retire with just one because I can just I can just post that forever. You know, is I can just because put that you're on a Bears my... fan. Yes, of course it is. OK, I just want I just wanted to I, I wanted to make sure. Yeah. But like I but do, do you think I mean, honestly, if you look at it, if gun to your head right now, if you look at the Green Bay Packers, yes, they're they're making the place to win the games, but they're not beating they're not beating bad teams by as much as they should. They have weird moments in games, and Aaron Rodgers has that kind of playoff stank. You know, like he doesn't get it done. He, he turns into a different guy a lot of the times in the postseason. Like, I, there's reasons why that might not happen this year. I get, I get it. You know, he does look exceptional this year. He really does, and that team looks exceptional this year, especially after kind of a shaky start. He did but, last year too, though. I mean, he was the MVP sure, last year. Exactly. I, that's what I'm saying. Would you gun to your head if you could bet on any team right now to win a Super Bowl? Would you really put your money on the Packers? Like, no, I I'd put it on Tampa. Yeah. Well, there's something. There's something to be said for for the safe bet like that, you know. But I there's I'm, my my overall point being there's something about him, you know. There's there's got to be some. There's something about him. Everyone's picking up on it. Everyone's always saying it. Like, are there's something not quite right with that Packers team? And uh, you know, you made the point at the very start of the show. Like, they're they're very well rounded. You know, they, they and I think that normally that would be the thing I would be looking for in a Super Bowl contender come week 16, week 17. Um, you know, well roundedness. I, I think that was a big part of the Bucks last season, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think like there was like no glaring weaknesses anywhere on the field. And yeah, they came up against a Chiefs team where you couldn't really point to any glaring weaknesses either. But, you know, that that solidity, I think, is is a big deal when it comes to postseason as well as momentum. And I think they do have both of those things. Shit, am I talking myself into the Packers being good? God damn it, Joe. Well, and then you know what? I'll, talk, I'll talk you out of it because I think the Packers have the same thing, <clears throat> something similar to what I think the Cowboys have. Okay, I just don't. I think that the Packers have the same thing. I think there's too much. I I don't even really know the word. There's too much. Um, uh, they're, they're kind of on a knife edge. They play on a knife edge. You know, they play on a high. Yeah, sure. Bit, both of them. And I, I, I'd love to see them. I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't have the standings in front of me, so I'm not sure how that would work. Like, would they see each other in the NFC Championship game at this point because they're both division leaders? Yes. So, yeah. So, if it's the NFC Championship game and they play each other, I'm taking the fucking Cowboys every single time. Like, Cowboys no question. Over Packers? I would take yeah, the Cowboys 100%. over the Packers because I think they crumble. And I, here, they're here's the exact the kind of team. They're the exact kind of team to make Aaron Rodgers fuck up the way that he fucks up in the playoffs. Malafleur and Aaron Rodgers are too pretty. Can I use like? Yeah, they're not grimy like, enough, but neither are the Cowboys. Yeah. No, no, they're not. But the 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 Cowboys just don't. I just don't think that Dak and and McCarthy have. They needed to go. They needed it. to go the way they needed to go. Yeah, I know what you mean. But McCarthy, I think McCarthy beats Rodgers. I'm with you on that. Right. One. Right. See, that's the thing. Like, I yeah. feel like he knows, right? Like, that, he, it's perfect. It's like, it's set up so perfectly. Like, I would love that. I would love that so much. I would love to have, like, backed the Cowboys, like, been a supporter of them and, like, how their defense is playing, like, supported them and been like, come on, man, you're doing great. I mean, there's been times, obviously, this season where I just wanted to fuck with Bobby, but I really have genuinely... Well, you realize you just, we just put them in the Super Bowl and, and that's all he's going to hear. I, do, I, bet them, I bet them to win the Super Bowl. I think they're going to do it. And their <laughs> odds are great right now. Their odds are unbelievable. And like so, they just, so looking, the momentum thing for me, it's always the momentum thing for me going into the playoffs and they just look like they've got it. They've, they've got, they've got it all figured out. Like it's all coming together just at the right time. And it's just looking good. Of course, they'll probably lose in the first fucking round, knowing my gambling history and the Cowboys playoff history, but it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a cool playoffs. Cause at the end of the day, anything can happen. Cause like, you got to pay the mortgage like somehow. So you got to hope that they win. Well, yeah, no, I bet the whole mortgage. Don't, don't tell me. All right. We won't tell Liam. We won't, we won't, we won't tell <laughs> But looking at the top 10, I think now that we're going into week 17, I think it's kind of we can take the the playoffs can kind of take shape and we can say, all right, the two best teams left in the AFC are the Chiefs and the Rams, uh, Chiefs and the Bills. Sorry, I looked at the Rams and men Bills, Chiefs and the Bills. But when you look at the NFC, the Packers, the Cowboys, the Bucks, like there's three teams right there. And even the Cardinals. I mean, the Cardinals are not a bad football team. They're a good football team, but I just don't think that they've reached Aaron Rodgers, Cowboys as a whole. Yeah, they have some consistency issues. I think they're going to be tough for them in the playoffs. And and they could eventually be that team. So we're going to find out in a few years because Cliff Kingsbury and Kyle Murray. Oh, yeah. uh, Sky's the limit for him. Sky's the limit for him going forward. Yeah, those guys aren't going anywhere. But I I think um, you said Packers, Chiefs, and I'm not going to make a Super Bowl prediction right now, and I know you didn't either. But, you know, Packers, Chiefs looks likely. I mean, kind of tying me into the Cowboys, but I'm going to still go Bucks Chiefs. I, I just think that that's, we said it last year, that these are kind of the two teams that right now are just leading the charge. Um, and I, I think they'll continue to do that as we go into the playoffs. And maybe I'm wrong, and maybe a team like the Bengals or the Bills or the Patriots or even the Colts 
jump on somebody and maybe the Colts go all the way and win it with Jonathan Taylor and we can shove it down Mike's throat that a team led by a running back won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I doubt it. But I do yeah, think probably the Colts not, have, it won't I, happen. I, I do think the Colts have a bright future. Um I think they do. the cards the cards have a bright future. Um the Titans still have a bright future. Um I don't know about the Ravens, dude, to be honest with you. I, I feel like Lamar is not that dude. I think it's official. I, I just I, I think he's a great athlete. I think he's a great football player. Is he a great quarterback? I know it's a boring take and everybody has it, but huh, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't see they're, it. They're a weird team this year. It, it, it's and they've had injuries. Well, Lamar's issues. fucking out COVID like issues. every other game because he gets COVID twice a day. I know. <laughs> it's I know. Like and, insane. It, and and you know what? He is a good athlete and his his throwing has gotten better. You know, we look at we said it about the Steelers, like some something's off with that team. I think something's off with the Ravens, and yeah. and I think it probably starts at the head coach. But again, you know, I look at it now, and it's and a lot of times when we talk about head coaches, because you have the hot seat head coaches, you you have the Urban Myers, you have the Dave Cullies, you have you know, Maggie, uh, Matt, Matt Nagy, yeah, who's definitely <laughs> on a hot seat. Like I don't even think Dan seat Campbell's is on, fire. on a hot seat. Yeah, I don't even think Dan Campbell's on the hot seat in Detroit. I I think that the way uh, that the um, the owner of the the Lions hugged him after that win over the Vikings, he he's there for at least another year. But you look at some of these coaches, and it's so funny because all the time you say, well, if they get rid of Nagy, well, who's going to come in and be the head coach? If they get rid of Belichick, who's going to come in and be the next head coach? Well, just in the top ten right here of Bobby's rankings, um, Lafleur is a what it's thirty year head coach. Um, uh, you have uh, Sean McVay in L.A. who's in his, what, fifth year, fourth year? So, I, I mean, um, the Bengals, it's Zach Taylor who's in his second season. Uh, I mean, Frank Reich's a little bit older. But then you have Cliff Kingsbury with the Cardinals. My point being is that you do have these young coaches that are now emerging and, and changing the game a little bit uh, and, and being pretty good in their first few years. So um, I, I think that coaching changes in Pittsburgh – uh, Baltimore and definitely Chicago need to come sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, all right. That was good. Um, I do feel like we should talk about the fact that John Madden's dead for a couple of I think minutes. so too. Um, that's super sad. I, my question, I guess, in, in that context is who at Wikipedia updates the deaths so quickly? Because so quickly. I heard the news and I looked on the internet for some like John Madden facts, you know, to be like, oh yeah, like let me give it a little refresher course. And it already said was. Is it all, <laughs> community? Is it all community edited or is there people at Wikipedia? There's got to be one morbid fuck who just sits there and <clears throat> waits for death and changes the tense of, of is to was. And it's, uh, it's you know, they know what they're doing over there. They know it. I, I can only right? hope that I'm, I can only hope the internet kills me as quickly as I die. Um, but sometimes they kill people before they die. So let's not, yeah. I w- you know what I, what, all I request is like the second you guys hear that I'm dead, go on the missing the point website and, uh, just change it to was Everything <laughs> that's all I want. Um, no, it's super sad that John ends it. Obviously he was a big part of all of our childhoods. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're into Tanactin, he's probably a big thing for you too. Um, <laughs> but, uh, he was, you know, the game, the commentary, he was great in the replacements, um, he he kind of is football in 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 a lot of ways like he you know i wasn't alive when he was like the coach of the raiders i was alive right. where he was the voice of the sport when i was getting into the sport and like him and al michaels will always remain the, the best football commentary duo to me um yeah towards the end uh he definitely 
uh, started saying some weird shit and they maybe left him on the air for a little longer than they should have. But uh, when you're a guy who, with a prestigious and um, storied career as long and as um, and as big as John Madden's, maybe you, you get that luxury. So I'm sad that he's dead. It's a bummer. It, it marks all of our ages and the ever fucking nonstop passing of time. And I'm sad about it. Um, so I know his Dude. wife and his kids are still alive. So, you know, sorry to those guys. Um, it's a bummer that John Madden's dead for sure. I'm going to play. I'm going to play a Madden season after we get off this call. So, you know, it's I think, commemoration. I think you should with the Raiders, too. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd yeah, be fun. I would say I'll fire Derek Carr but he did that to himself already. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's so interesting because I, from like a business standpoint it, for him and like as a fan for ESPN, when him and Al Michaels left, it just, there's never been a crew. So they've, they've been looking for a crew to take over for those guys since they left and nobody, nobody can do it. Nobody can be uh, up to that level. And I think they just had that old school sound and that old school style and, you know, you're right. We grew up with it, and that was the coolest thing. And besides the the video game, which I basically owned every single one from like 1999 up until probably 2014, 16, and it's it, it's a it was a great legacy and a great life, and and it was pretty cool. And you're right. I mean, when you when you think of football, you think of of John Madden. If you you know you of course you you think of um. Uh, Lambo and the Packers, and you think of John Madden. I fucking don't. I'm sorry, you don't, because you're a Bears <laughs> fan. You think of Brian Herlacher and Sugar Plums, um, but John Madden was was, you know, like you said, he said some of the the craziest stuff, and you know, the if you score more points than the other team, you're going to win. And you know, as a Patriots fan, <laughs> one of the most iconic things he ever said was that Tom Brady should kneel the ball and they should go to overtime against the Rams in Super Bowl 36. And um, and without hearing it or knowing it, the Patriots drove down the field and won the game in regulation. And it was just a iconic moment. And and nobody hates him for it. Nobody bashed him for it because the guy was lovable and he was he was great at what he did. He was a great coach and and a great ambassador for the game of football. And it's probably something the game will need again, but won't have for a very long time. So yeah, it's it's pretty sad. Yeah, and shout out Pat Summerall too. Uh, I forgot about him. I forgot he was like his main, oh, yeah. um, his main uh, partner. Awesome. I just remember the Al Michaels days, but yeah, they're a great team. And I think also, you know, we come from uh, the reason we all met is because we all like did radio broadcasting together. So I think maybe more than a lot of people, we have respect for the broadcaster guys. Um, and a lot of times, you know, career journalists or career broadcasters will come in and they'll get paired up with the former football guys and uh, like the Tony Romas of the world. And you're like, yeah, OK, like, you know, a lot about the sport, but, you know, dick all about broadcasting. And I think that one thing I will give John Mann a lot of credit for is that he took to it um, mm-hmm. better than most people. And he was a, he was just a really good personality, his pace, his voice um, and his ability, I think, second to none to talk about stuff when nothing was happening in the game. <laughs> I think he was just like an interesting dude in that way. And he just had like yeah. things to say in that way. And uh, one of the best parts of the replacements, like I said. So, Craig, you got any you got any John Madden thoughts? Childhood John Madden thoughts? I didn't know we retired at forty three from coaching. That really surprised me. I for a second I thought you meant from broadcasting. I was like, no. you look terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just figured I he was around a lot longer than that as a coach because I remember when the sideline was the Raiders. He looked like his fifties and sixties, but now forty three. Yeah, he was. He was. He, it's like Willie Nelson. He just always looked old. But that's always what forty three looked like in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> 
Brad Listen, Pitt I got like 10 60 years now. until I'm there. <laughs> I, I hope I don't look that bad in 10 years. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what happens when you're in Oakland for that long, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think he, oh, no, he wasn't in L.A. for I mean, him. he fucking lived to 85, though. Jesus. You know, I wouldn't have pegged him getting an 85. He didn't look great <laughs> when he retired, but like, good for him. You know, he never flew. Fun fact. The Madden bus was actually. Oh, that's thing. right. That he never went to the Pro Bowls in Hawaii. Yeah, he would. He, drive oh, he, he would never country. get on a plane. Would, yep. He wouldn't get on a plane. And you know what? I don't really blame him. Why? It's like the safest way to travel. I know. I like to see things, though. And, uh, you know, I just <laughs> boom. <laughs> tough acting tonight. <laughs> tough acting tonight. I was that watching the replacements the other night, and I told you guys because I texted it because Nigel Gruff hit a 65 yard field goal in the movie, and nobody ever talks about that part. And I was like, wait a minute, Nigel Gruff had the longest field goal until 2021 in the NFL. No, but- that's a bon- that's a bonkers field goal. That's a bonkers field goal for sure. <laughs> but like John Madden would say, like, why are you in a position to have to take a 65 year old field goal in the first place, man? You got to get yourself some yards. That's I remember, a, I remember a really specific soundbite in one of the Maddens. It was like probably 06 which is the one i played the most it was like he was like well i don't know why you're going for it on fourth down because the other three downs told you you can't get enough yards <laughs> that was just like stuck in my head because i'm like it's not a bad point if you're going for it on fourth down you already proved you suck at getting yards so there it is um all right well thanks for that joe that was a fun show glad yeah. the nfl season's still drunk uh gives us a lot to talk about thanks to bobby for making power rankings to guide us through this uh wonderful journey of talking about sports which is kind of the whole thing that we do here but also get vaccinated um and you know because new to your pets spay new to your pets get vaccinated uh wear your seat belts and um listen to the point and brush your teeth at least twice a day um but i also like to sometimes do it after lunch because it's stuff gets stuck up there absolutely um yeah this is all really good advice and i'm really glad that we're changing the world rest in peace john madden thanks for listening Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the Wanna Bet Podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid. Electric acid.